This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. When last we left Gordon in the Wasp, he had doused the hive with vinegar and water and was smiling and laughing <laughs> as he ran away. Today we find out just what happened. Are the wasps alive? They are, Larry. They are no! thriving. It has had absolutely no impact. Went out for a big celebration this morning to uh, to dance on their graves. <laughs> and uh, they were just buzzing along just like nothing ever happened. Uh, I don't know if you're in this to win it, Gordon. Larry, mark my words. If I have to set that bush on fire, <laughs> it will, those things will be dead by midnight tonight. This is ESPN New York Tonight. With Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. There you go. Mm-hmm. Hour number two. ESPN New York tonight. Hardesty and Damon for Grassa. Who's going to be up in the morning, Gordon? DBH from Rothenberg, Dan, will be up early tomorrow morning. Early, early. Have they attacked him yet? I don't know, but at least they can do it. At least it'll be right in his face. Yeah, <laughs> he won't have to hear about it. It won't right. have to. It won't have to appear on the rundown. No, it won't come <laughs> secondhand. It won't come through back channels. It will not. There's security in Costco with all those people. Oh, what, are we gonna rob it? See, here we go. <laughs> That's what you can hear tomorrow morning, right here on ninety-eight seventy ESPN, six a.m. to ten a.m. Uh, Gordon, I couldn't help it when you, when I heard the uh, rejoin at the top. Yeah. Ohio players fire was going off in my head. I just <laughs> I could just see you running out there. Your wife, Gordon, no, Gordon, no. Everything's burning. Everything. I'm done. I'm done. I, I will tell I'm you, done. usually I do not have the hose hooked up to the house. Yes. I don't want to give too much of the plan away for tonight. Mm-hmm. But the hose is hooked up to the house right just now. Just in case. Just in case. Yes. Because a, a slight wind could ruin everything. <laughs> yep. This is a very, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a foolproof plan. But it's intricate. But it could, yes, it's very intricate, but it could go sideways. <laughs> Once again, as I said to you a couple of nights ago, I have a spare bed for you here. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Got a spare bed, just yep. in case. Just, just in case. In That's case. good to know. It's good just to have that as a as a fallback. You never know. You know, I I, I don't expect uh, Josh Donaldson to be good, so I have a backup plan I got for you. third base. Yep, that's a good that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, Dwayne's in Virginia. Let's head back to the phones. Dwayne, you're next on ninety-eight-seven. Hey. Hey, hey, Dynamic, Dwayne, what's going on? The Dynamic duo. Dynamic duo. How are you guys doing? We're great. All right. Well, I got a sports point, but I got I got a let's let's save Gordon's life point instead. Okay. All right. So, Gordon, you're Gordon. I, I love you, man. You're kind of maniacal right now. Okay. It is. started out as Death Wish with Charles Bronson, but uh-huh. you were in flip flops. Right. That was a mistake and on then, my part. Mistakes were made, Dwayne. Then, I'm not going to lie. Right. And then you went from that to B for Vendetta. It's like, are you going to kill me? It's like, I already did. You did it at night, but it didn't work. But now you're going full Terminator. 
but you're not going Arnold Terminator. You're going Liquid Metal Terminator that was played by Robert Patrick that should have been played by Billy Idol had he not had that motorcycle accident. That's I right. That Dwayne has someone. been listening to what from, I learned on I TikTok. Learned yes. You go. on TikTok. That's correct, sir. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. well, but. tonight tonight I will be Robert Patrick. I'll be Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be uh, – who is the muscles from Brussels? Uh, John v- – Claude Van Damme. I'm going to be everyone wrapped uh, – Charles Bronson. Everyone wrapped into one. And when it's all said and done, Larry, yippee-ki-yay. Uh, that's, uh, I'll be shouting it in the backyard by myself. <laughs> hey, can I throw in one other managerial name? I love David Cohn. He follows analytics, right? Mm-hmm. But he's he not full-fledged analytics. Right. Carlos Beltran would connect the players so well. And the I think other that's one another, who that, that is absolutely another name, Dwayne, that will be, yep. I, the I other would one not that be would shocked connect at all. Super well. And I don't think he needs the job or wants it would be a rod because he knows baseball inside and out. He really does Dwayne. And, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, and, and he shows it Gordon. He, he's very technical with it too. He, but you knew that just from watching him and, and, and now that he's doing K rod and, his other, you know, ESPN, you know, the, in the broadcast booth and everything for baseball. He's a smart guy. He knows his baseball. He eats it. He sleeps it. He lives it. He used to always talk about when, when you know, I was covering the Yankees. He used to always talk about how he would go home after the games. And he'd watch games on the West Coast just to see what was going on. He, he just, he loves baseball, period. I see there being absolutely, if you really want to get rid of Cashman, you force to him go. to hire a rod, and he'll be out by. He might be out before the wasps are dead, Larry. He, he right. will be out quickly. Uh, no question. Yeah, I, I don't think a rod would be willing to take the pay cut either. To be no, manager. no, that's true. That's true. No question about it. But but uh, Carlos Beltran, I think that that's Excellent. definitely that would be yes. very high up on the list. No yes. question. I I kind of miss. It's kind of unfortunate that he didn't get a chance to really do the mention, mm-hmm. right? Because I think he would have really been. You know, a, a really, really good choice. Once again, to and he's going to embrace the analytics in a sense too, but I don't think he's, because he's a former player, Gordon, I don't think he's going to be married to it. Now, you know, once again, um, you know, you, you, you don't know how it's going to turn out, how it would have turned out, but I, I really was looking forward to him being manager of the Mets. Isn't it funny that the names that we're mentioning of former players who have they all are. had some... Uh, form of success in the yes. majors, right? David Cohn, uh, Carlos Beltran. They're not full-blown on the analytics. They're, they're willing to accept information, yes. and, mm-hmm. and they'll take it for what it's worth, but they're not willing to say this is going to be – they realize that there's a separation between just the numbers and pure numbers all the time, and the numbers tell you everything, mm-hmm. and there being a, a balance between what human beings are like and, and what the numbers tell you. Yeah. And it's interesting because it, it what will will be curious going forward, will they have that opportunity to have a job? And when they get that job, what will that battle be like for them to say, okay, yeah, yay, analytics, nay, analytics. This is what I know from playing between the white lines, mm-hmm. okay? this I hear what this says, but this doesn't work for this player. This is what has to be done for this player. And it would be interesting if they could use that. It, Gordon, I, I think I can speak for most fans, right? It's not, it's the marriage of the two. It's not just all analytics. We're not saying that's right. And we're clearly not saying all by your gut what your eyes see. It's got to be a healthy marriage of, between of the course. two. Of course. Then it works. Right.
Otherwise, it, it's all messed up. It's all and, messed up. And, and they have to stop pretending like they're the Rays. Yeah, they're not. Or, or try to outray the Rays or try to yeah. out-analytic the analytics. Analytics, look, uh, Gene Michael, who built the, the, the 90s dynasty, mm-hmm. what, believed in analytics too, right? Like yeah. on-base percentage, that's undervalued, sure. and we're going to stack the team with guys who get on base. He's the one who kind of came up with that. Absolutely. So it's not, it's not simply uh, ignoring the numbers and just playing by the gut. But mm-hmm. there has to be a balance, and uh, the much like what we're talking about, the the repercussions, right? Under George, yeah. there were constant repercussions all the time. That's too much. Yeah. Now it feels like things have have gone completely in the other direction. There has to be more of a balance. Gordon, I got to ask you this: um, Can we say that the Yankees' thought process started to change? When at the end of the run in the 90s, they decided that they needed more home runs and then went out and got Jason Giambi? Uh, I don't know. To me, the real push to analytics kind of mirrors when Hal came on board. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the, the, when the Yankees were having their run in the 90s, uh, it, it was always the, the analytics organizations were the Oakland A's or, or, yeah. or the Boston Red Sox or. Those were the ones that were nots. big Bill James believers and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. They, that was not the Yankees. It's it's become that way over time. Yeah. And I think that it's because the owner is much more. I don't think George was a big believer in analytics. No. I mean, maybe he was, but I don't think that he was. He was looking at it in that through that prism. Um, but I think Hal is clearly a numbers guy. And mm-hmm. that's why, again, I think that Brian Cashman has kind of remade himself into being this kind of analytics guru. But it's yep. because if he wants to keep his job, he has to he has to follow the lead and, and, and realize the situation of who the, his owner is. And I think that that's where they've kind of gotten off track. It's No, George was plain and simple. I want the best player on my team. Right. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Give me the best player. We're good. And I don't maybe get numbers it's also or anything the, else. Yeah, I think it's also the offshoot of the success that the Rays have had, right? Like, yes. it would only be a natural reaction for someone to say who owns a team, wait a second, I'm spending this much, they're spending that much. How are they able to do – well, they've really uh, gone with the numbers and they really – every decision is based on statistical analysis mm-hmm. and all that type of and, – and, and look, they do it, they do it great. If, yeah. if the Yankee results look like the, the Rays results, <laughs> the, the, the frustration level would not – be nearly as high. You're right. You're right. No question. Patrick's in Queens. What's up, Patrick? Hey, how you guys doing? Yeah, Patrick. Hey, so I, I have I have a bone to pick with uh, with Cashman for the following reasons. He should be embarrassed about what happened today with Davey Garcia, the next Pedro Martinez of the Yankees, right? The Yankees are the only team in baseball whose prospects are too good to trade, but not good enough to play. Am I right, Gordon? Uh, Patrick, you're not wrong. Uh, you're, yeah, there's right. been a lot of that where they, they hold on to these Clint guys. Sure. Esteban Florial, untouchable. Oh, my God, he was untouchable. He got DFA. Nobody picked him up. Nobody. So that, I think that's the biggest problem with Cashman is the, 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 the prospects. Peraza, he's going to rot in the minors. You watch. Volpe may turn out to be a player. He may not. Who knows? But 
And in regards to the play, to the Yankees making the playoffs, I hope they don't make the playoffs because that's the only way th- this team will take a true look at themselves. All right, Patrick. Thanks for the phone call. I mean, did he say Florio got released and nobody picked him? No, Florio's still with the Yankees, but uh, they just haven't called him up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's having this amazing season in AAA, and the Yankees are desperate for an outfielder. But I believe he's not on the uh, the forty man roster, so that's part of the the issue there. Um, we talk about this all the time, Larry. Uh, yeah. Scouting is 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 important and all that type of stuff. But the most important team you have to be able to scout is your own team. That's right. And you, and have, you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. And for a long time, Cashman did a very good job of identifying which prospects were okay to trade away mm-hmm. and which prospects were the real prospects where you wanted to keep them. Yeah. Uh, and they have not done quite as good a job of that, and they've held on to prospects who have turned out to be worthless at the end yep. of the day. More of your phone calls on the Yankees. We'll take some Met calls as well. I don't know why we would, but we'll take some <laughs> Met calls as well. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll turn our attention back to that Jet offensive line. Bart Scott said something today, Gordon, that tells me this offensive line, he is, has there, has there been a person that has been on this station more really invested in the Jets than Bart Scott? I, I can't think of one. Would you say, is there anybody really, like, really invested in this station? Well, you mean high hopes for this season? Yes, yes. Well, I... I think I have to be ahead of Bart Scott. A little bit. The algorithm has the Jets 15-2, and two, Larry. Did you forget the amount of criticism I, I got after I came out with that? Well, I, and, and I remember originally it was 16-1. and 16-1, right. We crunched the numbers a, again, and we, got, we settled again, at 15-2. And you know, and, and you've locked it in. The algorithm I have locked, locked it in. in. Now, if Dwayne Brown goes down, for if he's not ready for week one, we, might have, have to, that we might have to crunch the numbers again. Yeah. And the, and the numbers might switch. <laughs> <laughs> it might, be, it might, be, might be a change in the numbers. Uh, no, no, Joe, not 14 and 3. I think they might go in the, it l- might be a little, little, little bit more. the other way. A little yeah. bit the other way. Just a little, a little bit. More. Your calls are next on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tom is in Medford. Tom, you're next on 987. All right, just give me a second. I'm pulling into my parking lot to get my uh, my Italian food right now, to be honest with you. So just bear with me a second. All right, Tom. I'm right in right now. Okay, okay I'm here. Perfect. Okay, here we go. Perfect. Okay, good. All right, Just I was just curious. Uh, how, from what I understand, you know, I know it's about the Yankees, all right, and the mm-hmm. hierarchy and whatnot. Yep. Uh, how, by default, was given the job of being an owner, you know, after his father died and after Hank died? Uh, you know, from what I understand, he really didn't want the position. So uh, maybe he's conducted business that way, that it was, you know, forced, well, not forced on him, but uh, by default he had it. What would have happened? I was just curious about this. What would have happened if Hank was still alive? Did he want the position to be owner to take charge of the situation? Or uh, was he more like George than how? I'm just curious about that. What? What Just you... judging by people that had interactions with them, I never had any interactions with them. It seemed like Hank was much more like George, and it does seem like he had a, a real. I think it was kind of a, a partnership at first, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the the thought was that yeah, Hank would have had more. Uh, it, it, the, the job appealed to him more of 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 kind of being the owner or co-owner of, of the Yankees, but we'll never know that. Um, yeah. 
Look, they have won under Hal, so it's not yes. like this is not some impediment that is impossible to overcome. I, I know it seems all doom and gloom right now because of how bad the team is, but these were mm-hmm. all fixable problems. Yeah, but you have to actually do something to fix them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And they put themselves in such a hole as, we, as we've mentioned over and over again, Gordon. It's just it's not going to be a one term. This has got to be a season by season fix. You know, you, 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 it's it's like. You've got a bunch of things wrong with the house. You can't fix them all at one time. Oh yeah. So you go room by room. Okay, this this year we're gonna we're gonna redo the bathroom. We need to get our bathroom redone in the master, or I'm sorry, the 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 primary bath, as we now say in in the real estate world. Mm. All right, and so you do that, and then that's what we do this year. Okay, so next year the priority, Gordon, very simply, you got to get a, a legitimate, everyday left fielder and a legitimate. Everyday third baseman, start there, okay, and then you move forward. That's that's an adjustment. Then you have to go the next season. Okay, let's see what else we can get. Maybe we can spend some money. We could get a Gordon. They have to do something at the catching position. I mean, I understand they think of it as a defensive position, but it's okay. You can hit. You can get hits from there too. All right. So they need to upgrade the catching position. I mean, there's just so many things they need to do. And you still are limited with the amount of salary, and you got some guys that you can't move. But it doesn't mean that you have to be stagnant. No, they 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 will go out. I think and spend money. Uh, I don't know they'll spend to the same degree that they are spending at right now. But they almost kind of have to, even though yeah. they're locked into some of these deals. And you're right. If you're a Yankee fan and you think, boy, this season stinks, but we're gonna get to the off season and we'll have Donaldson off the books and Severino will be gone and this money will be free and that money. And they're going to fix this all up. No, this is the end of another chapter in the run of the Yankees. And mm-hmm. now they're going to have to open up a new window. The, new, the window is not just going to open up for them because yeah. they have some of these pieces in place that are, that are impossible to move. And they're going to be real impediments to putting a team together and staying under the luxury tax threshold. The, like, people keep like, it's not that Brian Cashman wants to go out and just simply sign guys who are not making any money. He's forced to based on the payroll that they already have in place. So that's why you see uh, 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 Carpenter last year, which worked mm-hmm. out. That's why you see uh, Willie Calhoun this year or, or Jay Bruce that year a couple of years ago. Yeah, They're locked into this money, and until they're able to scale some of that down, they're not going to scale any of that down while Stanton's here and, nope. and LeMayhew's here. I mean, they, they have a lot of commitments that are not going anywhere. So this is not going to be a one-year fix. No, it's not. It's not going to be a one-year fix, and you know it's, it's going to take some time. And just the question becomes, and, and I get that as a Yankee fan, it's like, well, okay, we know we have to get some things done, but is is Brian Cashman the guy to get that done for us? To what concerning what he's been able to do so far is is do we trust him? Do we trust him to know what to do? Do we trust him to to make the right moves? And unfortunately, Hal does. So I guess you'll have to. <laughs> Well, how many more years is co- is his contract? He has what three more years? Yes. It's uh, fitting that that's about the time where some of these contracts will finally be done. If if hypothetically, Gordon, if the Yankees have a similar season, similar season next year, and we know Clappish has already said he's really Hal's really not a fan of paying him paying people to do nothing, right? Would he have to consider maybe making that move? 
I mean, it's I back to back years like this. Be, maybe it would be something along the lines of he stays under contract. He continues to work for the Yankees. He gets moved to another position within gotcha. the organization, you know, some title mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, puts him closer to Hal. He's some intermediary, but somebody else. If you're telling me next year they're going to be flirting at 500 again and missing the playoffs again. Yes. And and even if they don't take the money that comes off the book, they're still probably at $200 million for next year. Yep. Then I would yep. think that even Hal Steinbrenner would have to say, wait a second, what, what, what are we doing here? we got, yeah. we, we got to change something up. Yep, you would think. And they have more than enough people within the organization right now. I mean, former GMs that have had success. So Yes. Yeah, he may need some help. Always going to be replaced. I mean, why do you have all these former GMs anyway, Gordon? And you're telling me that he has all these people there, Brian Sabian and Omar Minaya. I think there's somebody else there too. And they all thought that third base was going to be okay. And they all thought that the left field was going to be okay. No. Are they brainwash them when they no. come in the door? Are they, 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 they under the, the, the spell of, of fumes? No. Again, is there a carbon it. monoxide leaking within Yankee Stadium that we're not aware of? <laughs> They all didn't think it, Gordon. It was a decision by Cashman. Yeah. And they all just said, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, you're, listen, yeah, you're oh, the boss. Yeah. yeah. Tried to tell him. It's, it's um, Gordon, it's like covering the Mets when Willie was fired. Mm-hmm. Willie Randolph was fired as manager. And Jerry Manuel <laughs> coming, holding a press conference saying, after they lost the year, because they had this, unbelievable loss where they had losing streak where they lost first place and ended up not making the playoffs. And Jerry Manuel says, I tried to tell him (laughs) we need to make some changes. I tried to tell him and nothing happened. You know, I tried to talk to him and tell him we need to do some different things. I'm like, you backstabbing seller. How could you stand here at a press conference and say, I tried to tell him we need to do something. Right. Well, that's it. Gordon, they tried to tell him. Brian, you need a left field? No, we, we, we got we got, we got Hicks. He'll be back. We're paying yeah. the next amount of years. We gotta we gotta ride with him. Yeah, you would think that Hal Steinbrenner, while he might not want to pay people to pay them to not work or, or not play for them, mm-hmm. you would think the Aaron Hicks fiasco would teach him. You know what? Sometimes it's just better to cut bait. Yep. Yep. You know, like the Mets did. Yeah. Cut bait, baby. Right. Wait till you fly out to the West Coast at three in the morning. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Make sure he. Now, how about that for the four? How about that for the former owners of the team? Fly out. No. We'll we'll pay for you to fly out and put you up in the hotel to be fired and come back. Unbelievable. 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 More of your calls next on 987 ESPN. Yes, we need a match. Always works. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, y'all know me. I've said it plenty of times here before. I mean, I'm going to play wherever uh, the team needs me to play, you know, wherever they think I fit best uh, on this opposite line. Uh, so whether that's guard or tackle, it really don't matter to me. I'm going to go out there and, uh, you know, do my thing to the fullest. So, yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, everything's pretty set. But, I mean, like last year, you know, things can change in a heartbeat. Gordon, that's the voice of Elijah Barrett-Tucker on the possibility of moving to tackle. It's ESPN New York tonight in Pagrasa on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, the offensive line has reared its ugly head again, and it, we knew it was going to because it hasn't really been solved. And I was listening to Bart Scott, 
And let me tell you how dire this is. Watching him on Yes today, mm-hmm. as he and Alan joined Peter Rosenberg on the Michael K show, the desperation in his face. Now I've known God, I've known Bart now, Jesus, ten years, eleven years. Um he was as desperately serious as you could possibly be, Gordon. He was like, call Zach, call Dallas to get Zach Martin. <laughs> this offensive line, this is an emergency, Gordon was his words. This is an emergency. They have got to get this done. And, you know, it, it, it is beyond words that over all these years, they have not been able to figure out to put together an offensive line. Some things have been bad drafts and bad, um, you know, moves. And some things have just been injuries and haven't worked out. But whatever the reason, they're at it again with this offensive line. It's crazy. Uh, the amount of resources that this just, just – let's just forget about any previous GM. This GM alone, when he walked in the door – Yep. One of the first things that had to be tackled was the offensive line. And here we are, draft picks, free agents, trades. And we're getting close to the se- a season that the it, it's make or break, right? Yep. I mean, it's fair to say it's a make or break season. And here we are, the foundation of your offense. If you don't have an offensive line, it's hard to do anything. Yep. And here we are. It seems like the season is is in some ways hinging upon a 38-year-old Dwayne Brown getting ready to go for week one. And let's be honest, if we're having this much questions, these many questions about him being ready for week one, what's the chances he's going to be ready for week 12? Yeah, you're right. What's the chances he's going to be ready for week 17? What's the the, the playoff? I I mean, it is crazy. And I... I, I, (laughs) the idea that there are other teams out there who would be willing to trade you somebody as a left tackle. <laughs> they need them themselves. Yeah, that's right. No question. Did, they did Vera Tucker play left tackle? He did play left tackle for the Jets last year. Was that right? He's played everything. He's played yeah. all. <laughs> the only thing he didn't do was play center. Well, He's as, played gr- tackle as and great ends. as he is, I would think that he would relish the chance to. Now the problem is, is that you're just opening up another problem. Yeah. Right? You only the problem is you have only one Elijah Vera Tucker. You cannot right. clone him. Yeah. So if you move him to left tackle, that does sub one one problem, but it kind of opens up another one, which might be a little easier to solve. But I would think that he would be all for that because in this league, who gets paid? Well, yeah. Left tackles left certainly tackles. get paid. That's for sure. Definitely do, including one who's not of any use to you right now. That's amazing. That first pick of Joe Douglas, the very first pick of Joe Douglas is still a thorn in Joe Douglas's side. It is. And here's the thing. You clearly can't count on him. No. Not even as a backup, Gordon. You can't count on him. You can't. He played. What did he play? He played seven snaps in the Hall of Fame game. Seven and then they, and then the, reading the um, transcripts from the joint workout with Carolina, he had some good blocks on the field, but he was on the sidelines during the two minute. Well, going to be, that's when he needs to be out there. So now you're wondering, is it because they don't want to pressure him? Is it because they don't want to injure him? Are they concerned? Was he? Why wasn't he on for the two minutes? If anything, 
that's what you needed to see how he was able to work on the two minute to see if he what you could expect from him, if anything at all. I, it's just can can you get brutal. him up to speed no. that if he's if you need him to be your left tackle? I mean, again, how how many games can let's say you can wave a magic wand and he's ready to go for week one? How deep into the season can you have faith that he'll be able to be uh, the, the 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 guy at that position? Gordon, I don't have any faith he'll finish week one. <laughs> no, I, I, I yeah, I'm just saying. Like, yeah, it, it seems like the the, the the faith of the Jet fan base um, is not very high that he is going to be. Oh, no. how could perfect. it be? Even when he in his first year, there were games he didn't finish, mm-hmm. and he wasn't even hurt because of bad conditioning. So this has been this has been an issue. It's been an issue. I mean, you're so right about Joe Douglas. He came in here to get a free agent. We need the offensive line. Well, and, and this is a former offensive lineman. So, you know, he knows how to get the best offensive lineman. Then he calls a guy off his, who's at home retired. I forgot his name. Called him off home retired. Gordon, two weeks, he was back home. Retired again because he was awful. In I mean, three years, Becton has played 15 games. And not, and not all of them. Not fully. He's no. played in 15 right. games, but he hasn't finished 15 <laughs> right. games. Right. His only game started, right, yeah. Yep, that's game started. He started 15. He hasn't finished 15. And you would think for him, if he can get everything right, his mind right, his body right, he, he could be looking. This is year four for him. Yeah. So he could be looking at getting paid, yep. right? All he has to do is get in the way. Yeah. He's got to get in the way. And he's, he's unable to do it. It's it's it is shameful that they are still trying to figure out this offensive line. And here's what's worse, Gordon: you're waiting for a 40 year old lineman to come back to be your left tackle, 40 years of age, to be your starter, not your backup, your starting left tackle. Come on, Gordon. That's that, that that's not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done. It's a, uh, it's a fatal flaw. It is. It's like having no left fielder. They got no left tackle. <laughs> it's, e- <laughs> it's even worse, really. I mean, yeah. it's, re- it's, re- it's like. I mean, how could you bring, even if you didn't have one, Gordon, how do you bring in Aaron Rodgers and still not know what you're doing at left tackle? The man's giving you $35 million. You can't find a left tackle for $35 million? Yeah, and, and not you that some of that money. It's not that it's like you you do it from level of importance, but you would think if you're putting together the offensive line, one of the first places you would start is the left tackle. Yeah, I got to protect the quarterback's blind side. Absolutely. I'd like to see how they're going to handle this in hard knocks. <laughs> I, I mean, is there the possibility they're going to trade for somebody who could actually be the starter? What team is it, what team is so flush with tackles that they're? Yeah. I mean, and what would you have to give up for one? Well, um, as Bart was saying, the reason why he chose Zach Martin with Dallas is because right. he's holding out. Sure. So you figure, listen, they may want to move on, and but what do you give? But what do you give them? You're right. What do you give them? You go. Hey, guess what? You can work. With him. <laughs> you can work with him. Right. You can work with him. He needs a change of, scen- change of scenery. Yeah, Gordon. If with a change of scenery, he'll be big. Look at what he. Look at when he was healthy. Look how he was moving people out of the way. You give us Zach Martin, we'll give you Zach Wilson. That's it. 
deal. Sold. Sold. Now, that's executive of the year movement. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he would get put in the ring of honor if he could pull that one off. <laughs> I wouldn't get my hopes up. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Although and he, look, Jerry Jones is is out there. Yeah. I, I don't think he's crazy enough to trade Zach Martin. No. I mean, his sons may say, Dad, right. Dad. They uh, get the phone off, out of his hands. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Dak Prescott. No, no, no. No. You're already not signing Pollock. <laughs> okay. Zeke is gone. I mean, and, and he's an interception machine if he picks up the way he did last season, Dak mm-hmm. Prescott. So the last mm-hmm. thing he needs is a faulty offensive more pressure. Line. <laughs> right. oh, he doesn't need that. More, more pressured throws. No, that's not what he wants. 1-800-919-3776. Your thoughts next on the Jets' offensive line on 98.7 ESPN. You got a problem, pal. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. I thought we uh, didn't maybe have the same type of energy whatever reason uh start practice but i thought there some good things a lot of learning uh yeah, learning tape out there but i thought you know it was good to be out there against a different defense that we handled the uh front uh pretty well in the run game pass game there was some issues um wasn't the cheerful smiling aaron Rodgers we've been seeing on hard knocks there gordon had a little, had a little attitude, a little attitude, you know, a little edge. Yeah, well, he he has been known to have a little edge at times. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not uh, in his days in Green Bay. It seemed like he always had a little bit of a of an edge when things weren't right, coaches or teammates or front office. And that's rightfully so. And he should be frustrated and upset, as he should be. Because, hey, Gordon, how many times, we get to the phones in a second, how many times do we criticize athletes? Oh, they don't want it as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't show any emotion. Sure. They don't take it seriously. So, you know, listen, great. Great. You should be upset. He should be. And <laughs> because he's, he's probably saying, I thought this was fixed. <laughs> I saw this last season. Even though you guys beat us, I saw this last season. It's it's the role of the head coach to be upset in, in situations like that. So the fact that Aaron's upset would uh, make sense. <laughs> Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Oh, man. Good evening, GD Larry. Shout out to the company. And you just had me cracking up on that one. Well, man, Jesus, just just strip Salah of his title just like that. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, since they outsourced their offense, that's pretty much what you get anyway. But at the end of the day, my I, do I have concerns? Oh, yeah. I have huge concerns because it's, it's very concerning when, we're like you said, we're waiting for a 40-year-old tackle. There were tackles on the market, on the free agency market, but we kind of couldn't do that because we were still waiting on this, you know, Aaron Rodgers game that pretty much, you know, ended up doing it right before the draft. And then we end up losing an offensive lineman out of it. So, you know, yeah. So this has just become a huge mess. And this is something that we kind of knew what was happening. And we shouldn't be surprised because, when they're lining up, you know, in training camp against the other side, they're going up against one of the best, you know, one of the best. And when they're doing it against the Eagles, that's also one of the best. So when a bad offensive line faces, you know, the elite, you know, uh, offensive line, um, defensive lines in the NFL, 
it's going to be a natural disaster where I could only imagine where Aaron Rodgers is annoyed because this is what a playoff game could look like. And that's not something we, we can afford. So this does need to be fixed. I am annoyed with Joe Douglas not fixing this situation because there were situations, you know, even though I wanted Andrew Thomas and I couldn't get him because the Giants had already picked him. It was obvious Tristan Wirfs was, was a better choice than Mikai Becton. Like, mm-hmm. can can we agree on that? Like, this yes. is, this is becoming a joke. Like, we went for the two hundred and sixty five pound guy that ran a four five. Like, wow, I don't need my offensive lineman to run a four 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 five. I just need them to block. And we 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 kind of knew that this was going to be a a. I just feel so frustrated with this because they they could. I, I tried to speak positivity, but nah, I can't. I can't do this right now. This is this is something that's really eye opening. Well, so thank you guys. Yeah, all right, Jose. It's not eye opening, Jose. You knew it from the beginning. Everybody's been talking about the Jets' offensive line. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. This has been a conversation we've had. Callers have called up. We've talked about this over and over and over and over and over again. And usually what the, the things that derail you are the unforeseen questions, right? The, the, how, how, how is anybody supposed to know this? That's not this. This, no. is the, this is the Yankees not having a left fielder. This is, exactly. You know what I mean? This is obvious. This has been a question from the moment, even before Joe Douglas got the job, fixing yes. the offensive line, fixing the offensive line, fixing the offensive line. I mean, it's, when the draft rolled around, uh, this past draft, we thought, oh, well, the Jets are 15. They're, they're going to have to find a way to get their, their, their offensive lineman there. And, and they, the kid, Will McDonald, has looked okay, but mm-hmm. that's not really the most pressing thing right now, a pass rusher. Yeah. It, it's just it's, – it's so frustrating if you're a Jet fan, Gordon, because here's the thing. Even going into – it's so similar to the Yankees in left field. It really is. But going into the season, you knew, okay, Dwayne Brown, he's on the contract. Well, okay, but he's 40 years old, Gordon. He should be a backup. If any, if you learned anything from last season and the injuries you had on the offensive line, it was to improve the depth talent from the starters on that offensive line. I mean, can I be honest with you? I wouldn't have I would have cut Mekhi Becton anyway, Gordon. What am I gonna do? What is he gonna do for me? What is he gonna do? Yeah, I think he's kind of like a lottery ticket. You're you're hoping I mean, you got to be in it to win it. You, yeah, you you don't have that many great options, so no. But I, I but I I got to get so this way. I know I got to get somebody. Why are we still Gordon? Why are we still looking at him? We can't depend on him. If you're the Jets, you have to say we can't depend on this guy. Okay, if he comes in and maybe he'll be a backup. He, he's not a starter. I mean, Samini's been talking all the time. He's not. He do the Jets do not look at him as a starter. Well, hell, <laughs> we we think 40-year-old Dwayne Brown's going to be able to start all 17 games and hopefully in the postseason as an offensive lineman. Gordon, when he's had a history of being injured and he's in the, he's in the, in the, he's on the line of scrimmage, they always get hurt, both sides. Why, why did they not bring back Fant? Fant is now with the Texans, right? He, yeah, I know he was hurt last year, he too. He was hurt, and he, <laughs> Brown was better than Fant. Fan was not great. I know, but at this point, it just seems like you need bodies. Yeah, well, they still do. And and now we now let's move let's move let's move uh, Elijah Vera Tucker over. So so now okay, we're going to further 
mess up the chemistry of that right. line. Yep. Okay? We got them over here. Okay, the right side is good. I mean, I'm telling you, Gordon, they're going to end up doing six linemen or there's going to be a, a big-time tight end on the left side of the line. <laughs> Help! Help him! That's what it's going to be. You're going to have to take somebody out of, out of the out of the uh, you know out of the scheme and put them on and be a blocking tight end and that's what you're gonna have to do that's what it's gonna be yeah it's not it's not it's not what you want what because the, other, the, the joe girardi line it's not what you want that's right because other than trading for one gordon like you said earlier really good line really good left tackles are not available no 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 yeah you're just getting you're just getting somebody's problem something yeah. that they're not going to use and i Again, I can't think of every NFL team off the top of my head, but I would think that there's not many, if any, that all of a sudden have an excess offensive lineman no. who they're looking to trade Absolutely away. Absolutely not. Certainly not a tackle. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Subi's in Midtown. What's up, Subi? Hey, hey guys. I have a theory on this Makai Becton thing. I think it's a situation where they coddled him very early on, and this has been going on with a number of Jets rookies. They coddled these uh, high draft picks. But I also think it's uh, something with this new offensive line uh, you're seeing around the league is that um, they end up getting uh, – they don't want to play because their agent is maybe telling them, you know, if you if you hold out for another year, maybe another team will pick you up when you're healthy. So a situation could be where he's just confused right now because different people are telling him different things, and he's still a young guy. So he's holding out for that next big contract. And I think that's going on throughout the league with a lot of young players. And I just wanted to ask you another question about mm-hmm. who, do you, who has the better defensive line, the Giants or the Jets? That's all I got to say. All right, Subi, thanks for the phone call. Um, if he is holding out for a bigger contract, he needs to get a new representative. Gordon, I mean, you guys play first. 15 games in three years. You have to be on the field. You have to you show that play. you're actually able to play. Yeah, so if he's doing that, he needs another, you know, he needs another representative because they're telling them wrong. Hold out. The last thing you need to do is hold out. You need to play. You need to be in there. Everybody, you need to be, coach, I want to come in this play. I No, we want to sit you out. No, I want to come in. I mean, that's how you, you got to be aggressive, Gordon. Yeah. He's just not that good now. He's just not. Because he can't stay healthy. I, no. I cannot depend, if I can't depend on you as a left tackle, you have no use to me. Um, better defensive line. Gordon, I think they're about, I know they're very close. Yeah, I would say they're very close. close. Yeah. Yeah. I might give the Jets a slight edge, but to be honest, because I think, uh, you know, but both Quentin Williams and Dexter Lawrence had great seasons last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think I might give the Jets a razor's hair edge because I think their depth at the defensive line kind of helps them stay fresh and gets them going. But on the other side, I think the Giants handle the run better than the Jets do. I also think that Thibodeau's jump in year two would be the reason I might favor the Giants by a slim margin. Absolutely. I agree with that. No question about it. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, now X. At Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damon, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. we got more phone calls. We'll take them next on 98.7 ESPN. I didn't <laughs> fingerprint the-